Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Today's guest is the president and founding father of Onyx Northwest, and holds the current title of Mr. San Francisco Leather 2020. Get ready for some more Leather Talk. everyone, this is Brandon, your Mr. Bullet Leather 2020, and today we have Trey. Hi, Trey. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? It's good. It's good. How are you? Pretty good. I'm just drinking my, my morning coffee at 11 in the morning. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Me yeah. too. My yeah. morning my morning coffee. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Well, Trey, for those who are not familiar with you, would you mind kind of introducing yourself to our audience, please? Yeah, uh, my name is Trey Onyx. Um, I'm 39 years old. Um, I identify as male. Uh, he, him pronouns. Um, I am bisexual. Um, I've been in the leather community going on. Sheesh. Whew, I was like, can I count this many uh, years? I think I want to say it's about like at least nine to ten years. I want to say. Um, I am the current Mr. San Francisco Leather, uh, 2020-21, depending on how this year goes, it might be 22, maybe, um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's a little, um, I am also the president of Onyx Northwest out here in the Bay Area, and yeah, that's a little. Okay, cool. That gives us a little snapshot of who you are. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Well, I always like to start off with sort of an, an origin story. I think it's important that we get to really know where our guest has come from. Right. And, you know, at, at the, I guess I shouldn't say ripe age of 39. 39 is not. Like... <laughs> it, feel, it feels very ripe, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, when did you, I mean, first begin to discover yourself i mean for some of us i know we begin to discover ourselves at really young ages i myself right. remember being like in first or second grade thinking i like i'm gay <laughs> you know what was that like for you um yeah like i i i believe like i discovered myself i'm probably like around six years old you know um like my sexuality like we didn't talk about that in my house whatsoever like sex was like something or just even being relating to sex was like hush in my family. Mm -hmm. I come from a very like conservative household. My parents have been married for like 45 years. My family, my like my parents only have dated each other for the most part. They had like some breakups in between there, but uh, my parents known each other since elementary school. So any um, sexual experience and everything they had was only between themselves really. Mm -hmm. So growing up, that was like, we just didn't talk about it. There's nothing that, you know, that we really expressed, you know. So, right. um, yeah, like when I was around six years old, it was just very like, I just started having all these feelings of like, oh, I like these 
girls and I like these boys and I like all the, you know, it's like just all these exciting things, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was like my first realization that I was a little bit different than the rest of the kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But I've always been pretty like open about my sexuality and things like that. Like even like as a child, even though my family wasn't really like that. <laughs> Yeah. So I was like some, <laughs> they were like, where is this child from? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, but I've always been kind of comfortable with it. And, you know, so I came out to my parents when I was probably about like 15 or 16 years old. And as I came out as a lesbian originally, because <laughs> I thought that is what needed to happen, I guess, at the time. So, yeah, like I came out a lesbian when I was like 15, 16 years old. And that was... That was very difficult. My parents just didn't understand like anything about me or what I was trying to do. So, and they had like no experience with it because there was nobody in my family really they could even relate uh, being gay to or anything like that. So they were just like I was their one example, basically. Mm. Um, yeah. So, like specifically, what was a struggle for your parents exactly? Was it more of like a religious struggle or a moral struggle or? They were just, it was like kind of an unknown territory for them. It was just unknown territory. And I think, and you know, my, my parents weren't like super religious or anything. They were probably like middle, the middle ground. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to church, but not, it wasn't something that we did like all the time or anything like that. But it was just, I think it was more a moral struggle. And it was a thing of like, we just don't do that. My parents had this idea of me, of who they wanted me to be. And Mm -hmm. at that time, I wasn't fitting that mold for them. So they were like, why are you not fitting in our mold? And like trying to push me in this mold that it was a struggle. Like uh, when I came out to my mom, I just told her, I was like, hey, well, first, okay, let me back up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I told my sister, she was my older sister. And I told her, I'm like, hey, like, this is what's going on. Like, I'm gay. Like, this is who I am. So my sister was like, all right, like, well, she's like, I kind of already knew. She's like, this is just, you know, things about my life. Start telling me things that she already recognized throughout my life that she would recognize that I was gay or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think about like two, three days later, my mom calls me and she's like, your sister told me you were gay. And I was like, she's like, are you gay? And I was like, yeah, I am. She's like, I knew that. I knew that. And I knew it was just like a reaction that she had. And it wasn't like she actually understood it and absorbed it. It was just like, was it like a angry reaction or how, how did she present that reaction to you? It was kind of, I don't even know how to explain it. She was just kind of like, I knew that. I knew, I knew. And I'm like, okay, but it wasn't really, I didn't feel like she was angry. I felt like she was just shocked more than anything, you know? Um, Yeah. And I don't know why, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, the way you're, the way the timbre of your voice and maybe that's not the way that that she actually presented it. But the way that you're saying it, it's like, I knew I knew yeah. kind of reminds me of some family members be like, oh, yeah, I knew. And they felt like jealous that they weren't the first ones to know. Yeah. I mean, she she never really expressed that to me, but I took it as though she she knew it. But it was like the confirmation. And she was like, I knew and like kind mm-hmm. of like anger and disappointment all in the same in that whole voice you know know, um so after that she didn't talk to me for about like three months because i was at that time i was living with one of my friends and it wasn't nothing with my family because i get along with my family very well but it was just like the fact that i was just trying to do i was doing the most okay i was a child you're doing the most and you go live with your friends because you you're just silly you know but yeah (laughs) so um (laughs) 
So yeah, yeah, she didn't talk to me for like three months. And then I had some issues in the house that I was living in. So my parents actually drove down. I was actually living in Roanoke, Virginia. And my parents drove about five or six hours from DC area to come pick me up and take me home. And, um, and they brought me food and all types of stuff because they were like, they, my parents always just imagined that I'm starving somewhere for some reason. So they brought <laughs> stuff, like, whatever. Like, Those are I, some good parents, though. Right, yeah. <laughs> so they, they, you know, drove me home and then we hadn't really talked about it, you know, what I had just, like, came out to my mom. And, um, and she hadn't talked talk to my dad yet because my dad is, like, a very uh, conservative type person as well. So he... And I had a very strong relationship with my dad. Like, I was very, like, very much daddy's girl growing up. Mm-hmm. So uh, my dad, for the most part, my mom just didn't think he can handle it, so she didn't tell him for a while. Yeah, so I finally get home, and, like, I after I told my parents, I was, like, diving into all the all the lesbianism you could possibly think of. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, all the magazines and, like, going to, like, the concerts and all that stuff and, you know, just being as lesbian as I possibly could. And um, (laughs) (laughs) so um, uh, one day, I think I'd been home for maybe two days. This is, my mom's probably gonna kill me for saying this story, but it's funny to me now. But um, (laughs) um, so I'm like laying on my bed and I'm like ironically reading Curve magazine. Um, My mom's like, so, so what's going on? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, she's like, so, so you're a lesbian. I was like, yeah. So, so, so that means you, you must like muff dive. And I was like, and at the time I'm like 15, 16 years old. I don't even know what that really means. Like yeah. I hadn't even, at this point I hadn't even had sex with a girl. So I'm like, okay. And she's like, well, and I was like, I guess. And she was like, oh, well you must use props then. How else do you have sex with women? You like, and I was like, oh, I, I see where yeah. she's getting. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like props. I'm like, what? I'm like, and I don't know what she's talking about. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm like, I guess I would have to use that. I don't know. And like, she's just like, and then she just like storms out. What? Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, after she storms out, I like kind of go after her downstairs or whatever. And she's in the kitchen and she's like cleaning, washing dishes. And I was like, well, I'm like, mom, do you like, do you want to talk about this? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. She's like, I'm just going to have to wash all these cups. I have to wash every cup what? and everything. And I was like, what? I'm like, why? She's like, well, I can't drink after you anymore, right? What? Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I was like, what are you, I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, because you, you, uh, you know, you have oral sex and da, 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 and all this. I was like, so you think that my brother doesn't have oral sex with his wife or, and you don't think my sister has ever had oral sex with her husband or like, and she's like, they don't do that. They don't do that. And I was like, uh, yes, they do. Yeah. And, and she was like, <laughs> she's like, how do you know? How do you know? And I was like, like I've had this conversations with either of them on separate separate occasions. And like her face just like blank stare, like face just dropped. Oh, how interesting. And yeah. So um, maybe like the next day, my sister calls me, and she's like, what did you tell mom? What did you tell her? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you told her that that I suck James's dick or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not gonna go down for this. If if, if I go down, we're all going down. You're not gonna sit here and put this on me. Right, right. Yeah, so but from that point on, like after that that conversation I had with my sister and my mom, like we never talked about it again. Never talked about it again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and 
it was like it was okay after that my mom like kind of got over herself and it was okay but i'm just like curious to know like um has your mom never had oral sex because yeah like that was the question i (laughs) you know i don't really want to think about my parents doing anything right but But at that point i was like oh okay like they don't do this and like my sister explained to me she's like you have to realize like they are you know like i said before like they only their sexual experience was each other Mm. so yeah um venturing out and trying new things is not something they really did because they're very like my parents are really really vanilla and when i say vanilla my parents don't um well my mom my dad smokes cigarettes but my parents never did drugs they never you know my mom she never smoked they don't drink alcohol they don't they're just super square as you possibly can be like Mm -hmm. they don't do anything so my only thing was my sister was like, yeah, like they basically have sex like 10 and 2. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you put penis here, you put vagina here, you know. And that was their, their sexual experience, which I thought really sucks for them. But that's yeah. like, that's, you know, that's what they're used to. You know what I mean? So had you been in a, in a different place in your life, you might have been like, OK, mom, we need to work on your sex life. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, I probably. Yeah, I don't want to think about it now, but yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, so I'm curious then to know, I mean, what was your first sexual experience like? And do you remember who it was with? Well, my first sex experience, I was like 17 and I um, met this guy. He was from South Africa and I just remember being like, okay. And we had, we had been dating for a while or whatnot when I was um, in high school or whatnot. And I was like, you know what? It's time. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this, you know. Um, Wait, so this was with a guy? Yeah. Okay. My first ex- sexual experience was with a guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought like I was bisexual. So even after I came out, I was still, I didn't want to go back on what I said because I didn't want to confuse my parents. Right. So, you know what I mean? Cause then it would be like this hope that I was going to do this, you know, but I, um, I was just like, you know, I just didn't want to put them in a space of going back and forth because I just like, you know, so I just, I just ventured out on my own to do the things that I wanted to do. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was dating him and um which my parents didn't even know about and i just yeah i we we yeah it wasn't great but, okay. but um like he was i don't know how to explain it yeah i don't I mean even know. was it enjoyable at like to any degree uh yeah in the beginning yeah okay. like when we first started it was like yeah like we're gonna you know getting into it and like we're kissing and doing all that. and I was like yeah like I'm here for this and then once we like you know started just fucking it was like okay like this <laughs> like <laughs> this is good but I'm like all right I I'm good like all right and it, it was obviously it was him he was just bad but it's okay. <laughs> so you won't um, mention any names then. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> so, yeah, I, mean, it was, I was just like, all right. But then after that, I ended up meeting um, this girl and it was it was really good. Like we just had like this connection and we were really good. It was very like sensual and nice. And like I, I met her at a bar when I was living in D.C. 
and um, met her, and we just we just clicked, and it mm. was just like it was very it was good, it was magical, and then I was just like, oh okay, like this is the way it's supposed to be, cool, you know. Um, it was pretty much as vanilla as you possibly could be, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> It was good. It was all right. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I guess that brings me to my question of, mm-hmm. so we, when you came out to your family, you mm-hmm. you came out as a lesbian, but mm-hmm. all the meanwhile, you're exploring and doing your own thing. At mm-hmm. what point did you, for yourself, say like, okay, I'm bisexual? Honestly, it came a little bit later because I always felt like I was bisexual, but the pressures of like, of appearing a certain way mm-hmm. kind of let me it, it, it put me in the space to kind of like push that back you know what i'm saying right. like um especially being like in the lesbian like collective with especially being black and other things it was just like there was a lot of people would like if you if you express certain feelings towards men and you're predominantly living within a lesbian circle it's a lot of it was a lot of uh I don't know, like being a stud, being a black stud and being in, on the East Coast is like you have a lot of pressure to appear a certain way and be hmm. this uh, ultimately like masculine role um, if you're not a femme. So it was very like role oriented. So I just kind of just didn't do that anymore, if that makes okay. sense. Okay. So um, it was like, uh, because I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just very like the culture is very like, very stringent on how you're supposed to behave as a certain type. So, and I fell into that role. I don't know why, <laughs> but <laughs> being a, being young, you know, I mean, that's what you think you're supposed to do, I guess. But um, so I later in life, uh, probably when I was around like maybe 26 or 27 around there, I was like, okay, like I'm bisexual and it's okay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah. <clears throat> so, Sorry, my <clears throat> homosexual throat is. <clears> throat> um, I guess we'll get. I guess we'll get into more of this late. Well, you know what? I'll ask you now. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So you currently identify as bisexual, and right. um, do you feel like you're still discovering your sexuality in some ways, or you're pretty settled into like that identity as bisexual? Um, I think I'm still like. I think everybody, like, when your sexual journey generally is, like, you're still growing and changing. So mm-hmm. I never, I don't ever say that I'm definitively, like, I would be this forever. I would never say that, you know, okay. because I think that people grow and change in uh, various aspects of their lives, you know. And I think sexual, I, you can, sexually, you can't even say, it. okay. I, at one point, I did say, you know, in my life, like, this is who I am and this is what I do. And that's completely not true anymore. <laughs> So, you you know, proved yourself wrong on that. Right. So now (laughs) I'm like, ah, like that's kind of, you know, this is where I'm at right now. Right. Who knows in like a year or two, you know, so. You know, I can totally relate. And I think, I mean, to any young queer people out there, you know, maybe take this as a word of advice. But I think it's just so funny how a lot of us will come out of a, a place, you know, where we grew up trying to fit into a place and then realizing that we're different. And then we jump into another you know, the the LGBTQ plus community. And then we try to fit ourselves into more boxes right. a lot of times and trying to live up to more expectations. And at some point you have to realize it's like, it's okay to change. It's okay to be different than I was yesterday or today. Exactly. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if that makes sense to any young queer people out there, but live for you. <laughs> you yeah. know, It will soon. It'll make yeah. sense later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No. So let's talk about your gender identity because at the beginning of our episode you said you identify with he him, mm-hmm. um, but you're telling us you were a lesbian. Mm-hmm. At, at mm-hmm. Now, so okay, what's your journey like with with discovering your gender identity and and where you are today? Well, you know, it was a it was a long journey because I felt like a man for a long time, like from the time I was a child, you know, obviously till now. Uh, until, when you, know, you say like felt like a man, is it what exactly do you mean by that? Like masculine identifying, or just filling the roles of what you saw men filling the roles of? Right, like the the I guess like the traditional role of what a man supposed to look like and be. Um, okay. That's what I felt like. That was where I belonged. You know, um, I remember I think I was ten years old. You know, put the you know, soap on my face and like shave, pretend I'm shaving and stuff like that. Uh, I used to, my mom just had this, she would never let me wear boys clothes ever. Like it just wouldn't, she wouldn't let me do it. So I would, I would buy the, you know, I'd work my little jobs. I'd buy little stuff here and there or I'd borrow my brother's clothes or my dad's clothes. And I used to like, you know, back in the day, like people used to be like, you know, hiding skirts and stuff. And I'd be hiding like jeans and like baggy t-shirts and stuff like that in my backpack to change at school and I just always felt like I just didn't belong in the body that I was in like you know what I mean it just I just always felt like out of place within my body like it just everything that I saw myself was is not something that was staring back at me in the mirror and then I start, I, um, as I was growing up, I would get constant reminders that I was in the wrong body. Like, I'd be playing sports and, like, I had to go into a, a separate room or whatever to change to bring in and play on my teams. Because I played on mostly all-boy teams and stuff, but I had my own locker room because I'd be, the, like, mm. the only female-identified individual at that time, you know? So, yeah. um, uh, it was always a constant reminder that I wasn't where I was supposed to be, you know? So... Um, it was, um, it was definitely a challenge, you know, but I, I, I started transitioning probably when I was late. <laughs> I was like, I was almost 30. I was like, uh, like, yeah, 28, 29 when mm-hmm. I started transitioning and it was really, um, a difficult decision because you have all these things going in your head, like society and, you know, just like all these you know, ideas of what you think a, like a trans person is supposed to be and look like and what they're, you know. So it was like a long period of, and also I was in the military at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Okay, this um, might be a two-parter now because yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you just threw in a whole thing. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, so let's, yeah. let's um, take a pause here really quick. So my question yeah. to you is, because we're talking about all of these societal norms and everything. I, um, I have two questions and you can answer them in any order you wish. Sure. The first one is, do you remember a defining moment when you had that kind of whole person realization saying like, wow, you know, maybe I'm in the wrong body. And secondly, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what was the one thing that I don't know, was like the most fearful thing for you making this transition what was the one thing that you're most afraid of um yeah like okay yeah um i mean up until that point when i was like i felt i was always like in the wrong body because i had no examples of like of what trans people and you know i just didn't had i had no idea what that was honestly Mm -hmm. so uh when i moved i moved to san diego and when i was about 23 
uh, joining the military, I got stationed in San Diego, and I was just like, I had a whole bunch of friends and stuff like that, and they were just like, they would constantly tell me like, are you trans? And I'm like, no, like I'm, <laughs> like I don't know what that means. Like no, like I'm whatever that is, I'm not, you know. Yeah. So, um, but it was a constant question that was getting asked to me all the time, and so you know, I was like, you know what, let me. Let me let me figure this out. Let me like see what this is about, you know. So I just started doing a whole bunch of research and trying to figure out and seeing um, other guys' stories and stuff. I'm like, yo, this is me. Like this is this is who I am. And it was just like this, uh, like the light bulb went off. Like aha, mm. like that's it, you know. It was the first time I had a realization of like, yes, like this is this is definitely where I belong, you know. Yeah. Um, so now when you made that discovery for yourself, was it a feeling of, I found a place for myself. It's a warm feeling. I feel embraced now by a community that maybe I don't know yet, but like I, I know where I belong. Or was it like, oh my God, I just discovered something else yet again about myself. Right. And now I have to go on this crazy journey. Like, Yeah, yeah. It was more of the, I was like, oh, great. Something else that, you know, I'm going to have to tell my parents and, like, explain and everything like that. But it was like, I did, I definitely had that warm feeling within myself of just, like, this is what this is. Hmm. Okay, cool. Like, it was like I actually had an answer to what was going on because I never really felt that, I, I never, the way I looked and how people referred to me as she is just, like, it just never felt right. Never. Mm -hmm never felt okay and it just every time somebody would mention my gender or whatever it took me into a place that i just it was like hurtful you know what i mean yeah so and i just didn't know what that was and actually putting a, a face and a name to it so to speak it was like wow okay i'm not the only one that feels like this and you know and like the biggest fear i had with it was just what <laughs> i think most trans people i don't know it's like what I was gonna look like, right? <laughs> like, oh, you mean was, like physically? Yeah, physically. I was like, okay. okay, am I gonna be like bad, or is it gonna be good? Like, am I gonna, you know? There's just like, you know, because it's it's a crapshoot, really. Like, as as far as like facial hair and like balding and things like that. So it was like, I guess I never took that into consideration. I never thought because you basically have to go through like another. Yeah, like puberty. puberty. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just remember how insecure I was during puberty being like, oh, yeah. great. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like that, but you're like, you know, an adult. And so it's like worse because like, yeah. but not, not so to speak, because when you go through the, for the second time, it's like you recognize certain things uh, as you didn't as a child, you know oh, what I mean? See. So you can, you'd be like, oh, okay, like when... Like, I started getting, like, facial hair in and stuff like that. It wasn't, like, I had a moment of, like, panic, like, oh, my God, this is all I'm going to get. And then I was like, oh, no, calm down. It's okay. It'll, it will it will change and grow as time goes on or or just, like, um, picking up weight and stuff like that. That was a big thing, too. I picked up a lot of weight just because of uh, muscle mass and stuff like that. So that was, like, I was like, oh, God, like, I'm getting, I'm getting, like, I need to do this and do that, you know, but it was like, calm down, like, you can give yourself breathers because you're an adult, so you're like, rat, you're like, you can, you know, bring yourself down, so to speak, and be like, you're okay, you know, but. Yeah, so I, I guess, um, I mean, a lot of us may or may not be familiar with it, and if everyone else is familiar with all of these things, and I'm sorry, but uh, I'm not, so I, I have <laughs> yeah, a couple yeah. questions, that is, yeah. you know, I had one friend who, um, 
since the pandemic has left Los Angeles, but I was kind of following their transition over Instagram. And, and one thing that they said was too, like the weight gain and, and yeah. stuff. And, um, like there's just all these kind of physical changes that I guess I never considered when, when you transition from like a female to male kind yeah. of transition mm-hmm. besides the weight gain. Are there any other things that are like, were kind of unexpected that you wish you knew? Um, I would say the emotional changes, like, is a very, I was way more emotional before about a lot of things, and now I'm, I'm probably, like, middle of the road. Okay. It's not like I don't have emotions, but it's like, you know, it's just a little, it was like, you know, like, I would cry at certain scenes in movies or stuff like that, but now it's like nothing, you know what I mean? So that, that was like a big change of like having a... Uh, emotional response to things that I don't have anymore and getting used to that is is kind of weird and difficult did you I mean do you miss that part about yourself and no no (laughs) (laughs) not at all (laughs) (laughs) well I mean do you think that came from your emotional journey or do you think it actually came from like physical changes in your chemistry I think it is like honestly physical changes in chemistry. Um, I just think that I, I don't know how to explain. It. it was just like almost like a switch went off, and I was just like, all right, okay. you know. And the, and I wish people would have <laughs> explained to me the amount of body hair I would have. So um, <laughs> I keep hearing about this every. Yeah. <laughs> what is the body you know, hair like, thing? <laughs> yeah, like I never, you know what I mean. Like it just yeah. never dawned on me that I would have that much body. I mean, I don't have a ridiculous amount, but I'm covered, you know. But I have a good, nice blanket of hair. But I really, honestly, never thought I would be that hairy, you know. Mm-hmm. And because my dad and my brother aren't, so people always tell you, like, look at your family members and see kind of like what's gonna happen, you know. And I. I have way more body hair than my dad and my brother combined. And that was a challenge because I was like, how do I <laughs> yeah. how do I get rid of this? And nobody tells me. So I just, you know, or I never knew I would have like a thick level of hair on my shoulders and stuff like that. There's just nothing, you know, things that I'm, I'm just telling you like what exactly could happen. You know what uh-huh. I mean? As far as that aspect, you just don't realize like that's a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so you're yeah. like, that's ah, fine. And then next thing you know, you're just like covered in hair. Like it was like literally like within a year. And okay. I was like, oh, okay. I guess this is a thing. <laughs> I forget I forget who it was I talked to. I don't even think it was on the podcast, but um one of my friends was like, Yeah, I felt like I was becoming a werewolf. Like where right. is all this hair coming from? Right. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly literally. I was just like, What is this? Why is this happening? Right. Like, like, what is going on? Like and I'm like looking at my dad and I'm like looking at him and he's like, nothing. Just like not, he has like four chest hairs. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And like and my brother's the same way. Maybe it skipped a generation or two or uh, something. Yeah. yeah. You know. But you know, like I'm thinking that more like I just take after my mom. My mom's side of her family is kind of hairy, so. But yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, I just. It's just something that you don't really think about, you know, because you're just like, oh, well, I'm gonna look like that. Cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, not at all. Right. You don't go in with the magazine and you're like, I want to look like this. <laughs> right. Exactly. So basically, yeah, like whatever you get is what you're gonna get. Yeah. And you you may end up with facial hair. 
you may not. You may end up bald, and you may not. You know what I mean? And I'm, I've been fortunate that I still have the hair on top of my head as well, so it's cool. <laughs> You know, but it's basically genetics are a thing, you know what I mean? It's just what it is. What do you like most about your your body currently now, having gone through, you know, some transition and everything? Um, I guess I would have to say, like, uh, well, my chest, you know, because now, like, you know, having, uh, like, top surgery and all that stuff, like, that kind of, like, I'm, I'm like, good. Like, I, I just, it was almost like, like it was always meant to be that way and that like I didn't miss a beat it was like boom like this is what I look like this is it you know what I mean so yeah. I would say right now like that that's I feel like is the best part now you know like I'm like yeah okay it's always been like that cool I didn't miss right. miss anything about my chest before so well I mean we can't go past this your your family you had to come out to them again yeah so what yeah. what was yeah. that like in was that later in your 20s yeah um i waited a while to do it i went through this period of like hiding it for a long time and i just used to shave my face all the time and like go home and like try to put on more like kind of dress in the same like oh so you're you already started going through transitions yeah. before telling them anything yeah, yeah. okay yeah because i was just like i don't know i just it was just like one of those things where I was just like, like how do I say this? How do I explain this? But I didn't want to stop doing it, and I, because I felt that this is what I needed to do for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very difficult. But I actually was, I was for a long time, I was going to a therapist, just like to figure out how to just talk about this and tell my parents and like deal with this whole situation that is new to me as well, you know. So I. I'm a very big advocate on therapy, by the way. Like, I think, I think for me, I'm like, even if there's keeping a stable life in general, just to having things to bounce off people. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm a big advocate on therapy and stuff. So I, I stay in therapy. It helps me. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah. So I, I went to talk to my therapist and I was going to her for a long time. Um, even I went when I was, uh, Starting my transition, I was talking to her. Her name's Marie. She's the best <laughs> in mm-hmm. Virginia Beach. And I went through my transition with her. And just to help me, like, guide me and, like, just keep me level-headed about transitioning. And that's how I came out to my mom. I, I invited my mom to a therapy session with me. And I was like, hey, like, I know, you know, I did come out as a lesbian and all these things. and But I want to tell you that I'm trans. And my mom didn't know what that meant. And I was like, well, I'm transitioning from female to male. I identify as male. And my mom immediately started crying. uh, And she said that she was like, is this my fault? What did I do wrong? So and it was very, it was very hard, you know, and um, but we sat there and we talked through it. And it got to the point where. She still didn't understand. She still barely understands today. But it's, <laughs> but she has been, um, during that time, working through and trying to figure out uh, just what to do with this situation and me. And, um, and again, she left my dad out of that, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, so you uh, had to come out to your father after yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And my dad, um, he was, oh, like, he was the worst. He was like, He's like, you'll never be a man. You're not a man. Like, you, you know, I'm not referring to you as he. And, like, it was horrible. Gosh. It was like that for years upon years. And then 
I came out to, well, in the same instance too, I came out to my brother, my sister. My sister was like, you're always going to be my sister to me, blah, blah, all this. And my brother, he was a little better. He was like, I, he's like, I don't get it, but you know, whatever. That's kind of his attitude about it. And, but he referred to me as he for a long time. And I just kind of secluded myself. And I, you know, cause I, my parents were, uh, my family, most of my family was living in DC and I was still living in California. So mm-hmm. I just stayed away for like years. After uh, I came out and everything, I got stationed back in California. And I was just like, all right, like, um, I'm just doing, I'm just doing me in California, and I stayed away, which I, I don't, it was not the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but uh, in retrospect, I was just trying to become okay with myself, um, and trying to figure out how to deal with me in the in the the new form where I was, what I was going, um, transitioning and everything. So I was very like just trying to be okay with me at this point, not having to deal with all the other stuff all the negativity that was coming from my family so yeah in that time i um ended up getting a call it was like years later getting a call from my brother and he was like why did you why did you not tell me and i was like tell you what he's like why didn't you tell me how you felt and i was like feel about what and he's like about you being trans and transitioning he's like i never understood he's like i had to look up all this information on my own to feel like so I could figure out how to talk to you and how to get my sibling back, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. He was like, why? He's like, I would never want my brother to ever feel that way. And just having, dealing with depression and not liking the body they're in and dealing with all the, the isolation. He's like, if I would have known and if you would have told me, I would have been there for you way more, you know? And I was like, wow. He's like, but I'm here for you now. Like, that was the conversation, you know? And I was like, wow. Mm. And so my brother, you know, he is amazing. You know, he has just been the best about the situation. He literally, after that conversation, we talked about, you know, what I was going through and, like, how I felt and everything like that. And, like, he's like, okay. So he he advocated for me on my behalf without me being at home with my family. Mm-hmm. So he, people would refer to me, she, he's like, nope, that's my brother. People would refer to me, um, like my parents would start try, still try to buy me like women's clothes and stuff like that. And my brother would, he'd be like, nope, you know, Trey doesn't like that. Trey is a man, so we're gonna get Trey this. Like he would constantly push that and be like, no, like we're not gonna do this, you know? Right. So, and he'd just been that advocate for me um constantly and he still is you know and he he's definitely helped push along my parents and my sister and everything without me having to really do it which i truly appreciate and love him for well i really think that your i mean your brother is incredible um (laughs) the rest of your family the way they reacted it, it almost sounded like they were losing a member of the family completely or something like did you ever have that conversation with them like look i'm still me like you're not losing this member of the family right you know yeah i had that conversation definitely with my mom uh i was like you know like i'm the same person i'm just i look a little different i act a little different but i'm i'm like i'm here i'm still your child you know yeah and that really helped my mom and she kind of like you know 
and me being present too and like I made it a point and my brother got on me about staying away he was like you need to come home and like interact with us and stuff so I started doing that and like making sure that I would go home at least like you know once a year or something like that just to be present with the family and that really helped push my mom and help her you know come to realization um but my my dad he i only had a conversation with my dad about like i want to say it's like four or five years ago mm -hmm. and that's when my dad was like you know because he was still refusing to call me he he refused to call me to any just he no matter what he was just use she live wrong pronouns and right um on purpose on purpose yeah okay and um four or five years ago my dad he was like you have to he just said sat me down we we're like sitting in the kitchen and he's like you have to realize something he's like i'm mourning the death of my daughter and he's like oh, it's wow. hard to come to that realization that this is who you are now you know and he's like it's really hard he's like because i miss my daughter you know and i was like um I was like that I, I was like I totally understand and I get that this is what it feels like to you. I was like, but I'm standing right here. I'm I'm your son and I'm standing right here. I'm mm -hmm. still I'm here. I'm not gone. I'm the same individual that was is your child. I just I'm different now, you know. Right. Um and that helped him a lot, you know, to sit down and have that conversation with me because I think that he just was like, I can't, I think it was just like, a, a mostly embarrassment for him and dealing with his own stuff around that because it was just like a lot of conversation of just like, do you think, you know, he'd just tell me, he's like, oh, you think I want my daughter walking around looking like a man? And I'm like, I am a man, like this, yeah, you know, but it was like, he had to, he had to make the connection for himself, you know, and which is funny because like recently, because <laughs> I've been going through this with my family for like years, years, you know. And uh, recently I was in uh, Houston. Uh, my uncle passed away, hmm. unfortunately, um, maybe like four weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I had to drive to Houston and like deal with all those things uh, with his funeral and everything with my parents. And it's the first time it was going to make me cry a little bit, but... Um, it's the first time my dad um, used my proper pronouns. Wow. And he called me his son for the first mm -hmm. time. And um, that was, I've been waiting for that for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. And, and it finally, yeah, and it finally happened. And I was like, wow. And he used my proper pronouns the entire time I was there. And if he couldn't remember, it was okay for a moment. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he would uh, he would correct himself, you know, which I never thought I would ever get that point with my dad ever, you know. So it was it felt good, you know. I was like, wow, okay. I mean, wow. I mean, after after all of the trials that you've gone through with yeah. your family, mm -hmm. to have him recognize you for who you are finally, right? right. How special, you right. know. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a long time coming, and I I really thought that was never gonna happen. I was like, I thought it was just like, I was like, there's no way. But I think he realized that. Well, 
for him, he said, this is the switch for him is because I had a beard. So he's like, oh, well, I can't deny it now. So like, <laughs> that's okay. what that's what <laughs> Yeah, I was like, okay. Your dad, oh gosh. Yeah. My dad's a man. But, but yeah. you know what? For, yeah. for you, I mean, that had to have been one of the most incredible experiences for you to get that from your family. Right. Yeah, it felt good because I was like, wow, you know, I just didn't really think it was ever going to happen. And I kind of came to terms with that. It's just not going to happen. So I had to just be okay with me, you know, and live my truth. And that's what I was doing. And to actually get like some sort of validation or just recognition from my family that it's okay. And they love me unconditionally and they respect me was Mm -hmm. It was amazing, amazing feeling. So, For those who are listening to your episode right now and maybe going through some of the same things that you were growing up and discovering, you know, that maybe they might be trans or maybe they might be bisexual or whatever. I mean, what would be your advice to those people? Just like somebody very great told me is like, when are you going to be yourself? Hmm. When are you, when is your time? Are you going to wait till everybody dies to be yourself? Or are you going to live your life now? And, mm-hmm. like, that was one of those things that really changed my thought process on it. Because it's like, you're not going to be able to make everybody happy, regardless. Like, people are going to be upset. But you have to live your life for you. And what makes you happy, and what makes you whole. And that's what... That's what I would tell people. Be Live your truth. You know, regardless, people are going to have something to say. They're going to have something to say about everything you do. Mm-hmm. So just live your life and do be true to yourself, you know. And, and just fuck it. <laughs> you know? Right, right. You know? So, Trey, let's talk a little bit more about your military experience that you mentioned earlier. What part of the military were you? part of um i was in the coast guard i went out okay this is gonna well everybody already knows my age but this is definitely gonna age me for sure okay (laughs) um i went in the military in 2002 Mm -hmm. um and i actually just recently retired about two years ago so i was in about 15 and a half years so that was 2002 gosh um what made you decide like okay hmm I mean, I'm not trying to stereotype or anything, but as mm-hmm. as a black trans man, what gave you the, like, why did that sound like a good idea? Because it's the military, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, after, like, coming out and going through all these things, my mom, she just gave me an ultimatum. It's mm. <laughs> like, you either have to get a job and take care of yourself. Or you have to go to school full-time, or you join the military. So she's like, but I couldn't stay in her house anymore, basically. Okay. <laughs> so, and I was about 20 at the time, 21. And um, I went to school for about a year. I uh, did horrible. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to join the military. I was like, why? I'm like, how bad could it be? You know? Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. Wait, so at this point, you were identifying as a, a female? or Yeah, or... yeah. at okay. that time, um, yeah, I was still identifying as female. Because um, like I said before, like backtracking, I didn't put the military part in there, but I was, I definitely transitioned in the military. Oh, okay. Yeah, so from basically 
I want to say it was about maybe like six years into the military I started transitioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, that's about 26, 27, 28, around that range. I transitioned in the military. So what was that journey like? In, I mean, in the military, you're, you're going through a trans... I mean, being gay in the military for the longest time yeah. and still is for a lot of people a huge yeah. struggle. And you're going through a whole transition well, physically. At that, yeah, and at that time, I was... I was in the military during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. So even being gay at that time was like, ooh, like that was already, I was already yeah. pushing the limits because I was pretty, it was always hard for me to even like, I was proud of yeah, being uh, gay and being, you know, I was fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but the, the Coast Guard was really, I, I was fortunate to be in a service where it was relatively okay to be, like people just didn't care. Right. Okay. You know, they were just like, okay, we get it. You know, I had, I was actually stationed with my girlfriend on the same ship and everything. (laughs) And like, (laughs) yeah, my girlfriend at the time or whatever. And it was, it was fun. You know, um, when I decided to transition, that was a whole different ball game. It was a whole different life. Right. Like (laughs) it was, it was definitely, uh, coming out to my parents was hard, but this is that, that was on a whole different level of difficult during the military. Did you have friends at this point, like in the military, that you could trust? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really, uh, you know, I didn't express to a whole bunch of people that I was going to transition or anything. I just kind of kept to myself. I, I mean, I'm put it to you honestly. Like mm-hmm. any folks that want to join the military, this is the formula <laughs> so to speak okay uh not to get in any trouble and not get kicked out i didn't hang out with a whole bunch of people so it was just like basically i had like maybe one or two people that i hung out with but other than that i really kept to myself because <laughs> that's what really saved my military career because in the military like if one person does it everybody does it and that's the culture of the military so if somebody did something they weren't supposed to do and you were friends with them or you were in a space with them and they were doing something, you were liable for what they were doing. So I just very, I just kept to myself. I did what I was supposed to do. I was like almost, I was living like a double life, so to speak, you know, <clears throat> for the most part. I mean, that's, yeah. seems to me like a kind of lonely experience, would you say? Um, yeah, you know, and then, yeah, and my girlfriend at the time, you know, she, I expressed to her that, you know, I wanted to transition, and she did not, she was not hearing it whatsoever. (laughs) She was like, she was like, I don't want to be with a man, I'm a lesbian, and it was like a whole, like, thing, and she refused, she was like, I'm not doing this, if we want to stay together, we're, you can't do that. Needless to say, we broke up, um. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is something I have to do. So I went through the pretty much just dealing with the, a lot of it by myself. But then I ended up meeting my current wife, which is Asia. She definitely supported me through this thing as well, like completely. Mm-hmm. She was just like, yeah, like, you need to do this. Like, do it and we'll figure out from there, you know? So I was like, all right. Now, so, did you meet your wife in the military? Uh, I met her, so it's a funny story, kind of, like, well, not really funny, but, like, I I had met this girl randomly at some bar when I was living in San Diego, and 
I think originally she was interested in me, but I wasn't interested in her. I was just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would see her out randomly, you know. And one day she comes up to me, and I'd only, I'd only known her for, like, maybe two or three months or something like that. And she's like, hey, you... She's like, I think you would really like my friend. And I was like... And I, this is after I broke up with my previous girlfriend. And she was like, I think you really like her. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> So she shows me a picture, and I was like, oh, you know, she's cute, or whatnot. And then she's like, no, like, you should, you guys should hang out. I think you guys would get along really well. And I was like, all right. So it was maybe like a week later, she in- introduces me to her friend, and the rest is history. And now we've, wow. been, we've been married for like 13 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and um yeah, and Asia she's like been really there and supportive through all of this. And she didn't even know she could do it because she was just like, uh this is not what I want. I don't know if I could do this, but you know, I'll try, you know. And that's all I could really ask her to do. She's so yeah. but um we still, you know, been holding together through all these things, you know. So, um and uh, yeah. Now, not to get off topic with the with your military journey or anything, but are, are you a monogamous couple? I, I just want to understand kind of your dynamic there with each other. No, we aren't at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we tried for a little bit. We tried for maybe like a good like five or six years into our relationship, and then mm-hmm. it was just like, eh, this is not working. You know, because we're both we like sex and we like to explore. We like. You know, so it was like she, it wasn't working for her as far as like she's she's like I'm a lesbian, I need women, cool. I see. And I, and I was like, well, I'm bisexual, so I need this. You know, I need men too. So she was like, all right, well, that works out. So we're good. <laughs> you know, okay. So, um, <laughs> I mean, over those five years, what was it? I mean, okay. So like my partner and I were, I think, for maybe three years tried to be monogamous like you said and i like to say we grew into an open relationship but it was kind of one of those things where we're like oh this guy wants to hook up like what do you think about that right 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 right. exactly that's how our conversations were too it's just like oh well i want to kind of do she's like you know, and we both go back and forth. Well, I want to do... Okay, fine. We're, okay, we're open. <laughs> yeah, let's just deal with it now. Yeah. <laughs> you okay, know. cool, cool. Yeah. All right, so, I, I mean, is there anything else in your military journey that you wanted to open up to us about that we haven't talked about already? Um, it Like, my military journey was just, like... It was interesting, to say the least. Like, I hid it for a long time, just like I was saying before. Like, I just shaved all the time and made sure that that I appeared to be still female, I guess, for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, but it was it got challenging as I went further along as my into my journey because it was just to the point where I couldn't hide anymore, right? Like so, um, like just my features and stuff like that. It's just like I couldn't hide anymore. So just for an example of like what I'm talking about, I was required to birth or have a sleeping quarters with women. And I, I, I was stationed on a ship. So uh, we have to sleep with maybe like eight people in a room. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, because of my rank and whatever, I ended up being in a four man birthing space with a women's birthing space. 
and in the military culture, women and men are not allowed to be in the same space in closed doors behind closed doors. They just can't do that. So if a man and a woman are in the same space and they have to work together, the door has to be open at all times. Like, that's just the culture. Oh, my gosh. That's like my yeah. house growing up. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Open the door. You know? I was like, don't worry, Mom. Like, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> You're like, no, we're good. I yeah. promise. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. Like, so that's the culture. And so, like, for one time, and uh, for one instance, I was, like, in my uh, room. The door was shut. My One of my two of my roommates were in the uh, space. And I was, like, working on the computer and uh somebody just like knocks on the door and i open the door and then i just go sit back at my computer because i'm like i'm focused on what i'm doing not really thinking about anything and then he was looking for my roommate so i was like oh yeah she's over there and i just sat back down and then he's just like staring at me and i hadn't i never met the guy before because we randomly have people that come in and off the ship to do work or whatever and he's like staring at me i'm like what is this dude staring at me for like what is going like oh I was like, why are you bothering me right now, you know? Yeah. And then, like, so he leaves. And next thing you know, like, I get called to my supervisor's office, which is my chief. And my chief is like, well, my, my legal birth name is Tracy, but, you know. So he's like, Tracy, like, what's going on, you know? And, which I'm okay with Tracy, by the way. I'm still okay. That's I'm good with that. So he's like, he's like, Tracy, like, what's going on? I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? What's going on? He's like, were you in a space with men or whatever? I was like, no, like I was in my birthing area. He's like, well, somebody just came up here and said there, there was, they described you. And then they, you were in a space with the opposite gender. They, I guess they just said opposite gender. And he oh, was, wow. the, yeah. So, they, so he thought, thought you were, uh, mm-hmm. like a fully fledged male right. at that point. Yeah. He, I he, see. Okay. Yeah. So he thought I was just like, you know, cis male. So, and he was just like, I was like, oh, like I was, he was like, oh, oh, okay. He's like, I don't know how to deal with this. So you're fine. Go ahead and go back to whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. like, you know, but that was like the realization to me that I was, I appeared a certain because I never really thought about it, but I, you know, obviously I'm appearing this way to other people. I was like, okay. I was like, there might, you know, now, yeah. okay, a couple questions here. Did that, yeah. did your superior, was he an ally to you in your transition by any means? And also, did that instance make you feel good that you were kind of mistaken for like cis? Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it, it felt good to a certain extent because I was like, oh, okay, like, cool, like, you know, all right. Um, but he was not an, I wouldn't call him an ally like that. Okay. I would, uh, um, I, in my career, like, I really set myself up for, I could just do what I kind of wanted to do. I'm be honest. I just, like, I was one of those, I was really good at my job. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, they spent a lot of money training me on a lot of things and I was good at what I was doing. So people just really left me alone. So they just kind of let me do my thing to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. There'd be questions here and there about what I, what I was doing, but people kind of just like, were like, oh, we don't know what's happening. So we're just going to, because I was good at my job and that was like, right. they, you know, and people just kind of, if they knew that the problem was if people didn't know who I was. They never met me before and didn't know kind of like my backstory. It became a problem for a certain extent. But when I was in a familiar spot, like on my ship or in a different unit or something like that, I frequent, 
Um, there was no problem. People just let me go about my business. But going to a different unit was like a very huge challenge. Like going to the bathroom because there's no like uh, gender neutral bathroom or anything like that. There's no mm. anything. So and going into the locker room and stuff like that. I just had to deal with whatever was going to come if I went to because I could there's no possible way because I was going to a male locker room because on paper I was female. I so see. I would get in a lot of trouble if I went into a male bathroom or something. At the same time, then you like run the risk of walking to a female space and then being yeah. mistaken. Oh yeah, and so... that happened all the time. And wow. so I, so it got to the point where I would only use the restroom or I would change in familiar spaces and then go to wherever I needed. I would make sure I do everything I had to do, like go to the bathroom or change or anything in familiar spaces mm -hmm. and then go wherever I had to go. Um, right. Or I would make sure that I would find the only single use bathroom or single stall bathroom on the whole base and go to that if I absolutely had to go. And then I just, I fell more into making sure that I appeared as much male as I could possibly appear. That way I wouldn't have any questions or anything like that. Now, if I, like in the military, uh, females are allowed to wear earrings and stuff like that. So, and I, if up until this point, uh, when I wasn't passing, I would wear earrings. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I couldn't do that anymore because I would just, I was kind of skating the line, which is not the right thing to do. Nobody do that. You know, like either, like, but I was just like, you know, trying to ride the line, I guess, for a little bit to see as far as I could take it, I guess. I don't know what, mm -hmm. what my reasoning really, but I, my turning point was when I was in, I was in the, we have like, uh, I don't know if you know, it's like called the exchange. It's like a store, like a, like almost like convenience store type thing that you're about oh, to Oh, is this use. like the Buffalo yeah. Exchange? No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, kind of, they sell clothes, but, okay. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's just like a, it's like almost like a military mall type thing that they have on base and stuff. Okay. And so I was in there, I'm in full uniform and I had on, I had earrings in and uh, the senior chief, which is like an EA, he stops me. He's like, son, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, look, and I'm like, what the hell? I was like, I don't even know this guy. And he's like yelling at me, you know? And he was like, son, what the hell are you? He's like. I need you to put your hands on your ears. And I put my hand on my ear and I was like, ah, I was like, I got my earrings and I was like, ah, I guess I can't do this anymore. And, oh, wow. and I was like, cause you know, military, they can yell at, anybody can yell at you pretty much. Right. Whatever. If they're higher ranking than you. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I'm going to take them out right now. And he's like, why would you come on? And like, he just laid into me in front of the entire store. What and did you do? I just, I, I can't, you're not, you can't do anything. Wow. So. I just stood there and let him yell at me. I took the earrings out, and um, then it got reported back to my my uh, supervisor, which was my chief. He was just like, "Well, you're allowed to wear them." He's like, "But he's like, you just have to recognize like that what's gonna happen." And I was like, "I know." I was like, "I'm not gonna wear them anymore." And he's like, "All right." So you know. at this point, was it evident to your superior that you were trans? No, I don't think he knew what was going on, but he was like, basically. You appear married to me, so that's why I'm going to treat you. Like, that's how he I see. Was. So it was yeah. just based off of his observation yeah. at that yeah. point. Yeah. So he was just kind of okay. like, yeah, I, I get like, do you whatever. He's like, you're doing your work. Cool. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Now, when you got out of the military, what was that like? I mean, did you feel any freedom? I mean, I just I guess I can't imagine just the 
internal struggle you'd had to go through just mm-hmm. like using the bath, like having to figure out how to use the bathroom, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. what was that like getting out of that whole situation? It was amazing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't like, cause you know, even if you're in the military, you still have like this lingering like feeling like even if you're out in public there's a possibility mm-hmm. that somebody could see you going into a male bathroom or something like that or mm, using right. like yeah. you know going to the gym or something like that and you still like you're still responsible for being a military member while you're a, you know among the public and civilians so even in that you're still bound to the military regardless of where you go and how you act so it's it was always in the back of my mind that somebody that I know is going to catch me going into the male bathroom, even if I'm like at Burger King down the way, you know, yeah. what I mean? like that was always that linger. And it was just like all of a sudden it was just like this freedom of like, I don't have to think about that anymore. It doesn't matter. And I'm good, you know, um, but I definitely I, I don't regret my experience in the military. And I say that because I. I had a lot of good people once, because I did come out um, as trans in the military, like completely, uh, at least five years before I got out. And I really had people that were in my corner, uh, like a lot, you know? So like, not specifically my supervisor, but I had other people that were in my corner that were of higher ranking that backed me up 100%. Uh, they wrote uh, memorandums for me and stuff like that, saying that I was uh, that I transitioned and stuff like that. So they had to put it in my record and everything before any of this stuff happened. With you're allowed to do it and everything, they put memorandums saying that, that I my my gender was changed and all this other stuff. And oh, so, so this went down in writing. Yeah. That, so mm-hmm. so you weren't allowed to wear earrings for five years at Basically, that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's kind yeah. of cool though, right? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. they acknowledged mm-hmm. that. They acknowledged that I was allowed to use male bathrooms and stuff like that, but it, like once I, within the the five years that I was in or whatever, I was allowed to do whatever pretty much. But it like when I got out, I didn't have to explain anymore, right? Like I didn't yeah. have to say anything anymore. I didn't have to be like, oh, I have this memorandum saying that I'm allowed to use this bathroom. I had not do any of that stuff anymore, which was so liberating. And like, I didn't have to carry all this paperwork with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, so to your understanding, and I'm not that familiar with everything going on with the military. Um, I know in the last four years, mm-hmm. things have gone, you know, all over the place. But right. where does it, what's the situation now for trans people in the in the military i think honestly i'm i'm gonna speak only from my experience with being in the coast guard Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of questions that are still like up in the air of like just generally people have questions about trans people in general you know and Uh military members have the same questions you know about like where how do they fit in and like how do you how do you navigate somebody who is male identifying that may not have a penis or whatever? Like, how do you, because we have to spend a lot of time in shared spaces together, like showering, sleeping, all those things, you know what I mean? So those are things that they have questions of. But yeah. I'm going to say this as well, is that a lot of people don't care as much as people think they do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I really, I, I well, 
I can speak from my experience as a trans male. I can't speak from the, the perspective of a trans woman, but I definitely can speak to my perspective as being saying like people really didn't care as much as they think people care. Civilian people and they care, they think we care way more than people actually do. Because I really didn't have like, I had some issues like odd questions and stuff like that, but it's nothing I wouldn't get from somebody who was like civilian, like that was out of the military. Right. So it was like, they're like, I was like, oh, I'm trans and da 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 da. Okay. Like, that was basically how it went. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, we're going to go do this. You know, it was very like people. And then I did get a lot of stories of like how their experience was with trans people and stuff like that. But, you know, that's. I, I mean, that I, can, <laughs> I, I can imagine like being in the military. Like, you have a job to do. Like, there's not really much time, right? To like right. Exactly. sit and dwell on. Nobody, no, people just didn't really dwell on that stuff because they're just mm -hmm. trying to get the mission done and go home they don't care about what's going on with you yeah. really so and that was like my experience was like people you know they're like all right trey we get you okay cool whatever let's let's push on you know and you know if there's anything that you could i mean if you were to talk to yourself back in 2002 would there be any anything you would tell yourself before going into the military uh i would just like i be like, I, I wish I would have just did it earlier, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I would have been so hung up on what I thought other people thought of me. And I wish that I would have just told, you know, if I could tell myself to just be you and just keep doing, do what you want, you know? And people, yeah. you know, people will fall in line, you know what I mean? They'll be okay, you know what I mean? But it's a, it's a mental thing for the, for the person that's transitioning because you're like, oh God, I have to go through all these things and do all these. But as like a lot of people, uh, from and within my experience, weren't stressing about it as much as I was. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? See. So, you know, so if I could be like, "Hey, don't stress. Like, be you're good. You're cool." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I would definitely tell myself that. <laughs> <laughs> if you had any message to people like your superiors in the military now, I mean, what would it be? <laughs> Let's say your superior is listening to your voice right now. Like, what would you tell them? Ah. <sighs> Well, I, I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I guess I'm putting you in a hot spot right now. No, but... <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I, because at this, the, my last superior could not stand him. He was horrible. Uh -huh. um, but he, you know, he did the best he could with the, he just wasn't little understanding as he did. But what I would say to the other people that were surrounding me that, that were in sort of the same space of like supervisor um, positions I would just say thank you 100% because they they went to bat for me on numerous occasions and they didn't have to because they put themselves out there their career on the line too for me because yeah. um, like I said too this was during the time uh, during don't ask don't tell and they wrote memorandums for me I had meetings with my my captains and commanders and they all went to bat for me 100% the only person that I say that could have done better was definitely my immediate supervisor, but the rest of them above him, uh, above and beyond, they did a really good job, uh, you know, with with me and just ensuring that I was OK. You know what I mean? They really did. They really did. Well, we're going to take a quick pause here and end our part one of Leather Talk with Trey. In part two, we will get a little more into leather and kink, so make sure to tune in next week. As always, don't forget to check out the very many outreach programs we have available to us here in the Los Angeles area. 
The LA Leather COVID-19 Assist, Bolivar Pantry, and LELC Cares are all ways that you can get assistance during these trying times of COVID-19. I will have links in the description below. I also wanted to remind our listeners of the Bite the Bullet event coming up Sunday, March 21st at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This will be a Zoom event hosted by myself alongside with the Bullet Bar, and we will be raising money for the LELC Cares and Bullet Bar Pantry. So if you'd like to help out for a good cause and at the same time have a fun night of performances, sexiness, and camaraderie, then this is the event for you. I myself will be modeling some of the leather items we will be auctioning off during the Zoom event, as well as some of the other leather title holders here in the Los Angeles area. I will be updating all of my social media accounts as the date approaches with information on how to join. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet and Twitter as Brandon Bullet LA. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky.